confession here. Can I put it up? It's already up. Okay, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Um, could you give me Isaiah 29, 11 and 12? We're talking uh, about growing into maturity, which is something God wants for all of his children, for all of us to grow into maturity so that God can fulfill his desire in our lives and in our hearts. That scripture reads this way. If you have your Bible, please turn to it. It says, The whole vision has become to you like the word of the book, of a book that is sealed. And what that is saying, your whole life, your whole destiny is sealed in the book. Everything that will happen to a person in this life and in the life to come, the whole vision or all the vision is sealed in the book. That means you have to open the seal. You have to go into the book. It says, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Because it's not by natural understanding. It's got to be by spiritual understanding. Then the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, read this, please. And he says, I am not Literate. I'm not able to do it. So, again, what we're saying tonight is, what happens to you, what happens to me, how we walk in Christ, how we deliver the message of the gospel of Christ, how we represent Christ here on earth is dependent on how much you have spent with the book. God has given us a manual for life. Everything is sealed in the book. And God wants you to grow. The book is food for us to grow. And that's what the Bible keeps telling us over and over again, that the book is what we need, what is written in the book. That's what we need. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you must meditate in it day and night. So he's telling us everything is in the book. That's the way you prosper. That's the way you get successful in life. That's the way you have peace. All through the book. All through the book. Let me say this to you. There are two kinds of disciples. Two kinds of disciples. There have, we have disciples and disciples indeed. Hello? We have disciples... And disciples indeed. Now let me hear you say this. I am a disciple indeed. You don't, you're not saying it like you really mean it. <laughs> I am a disciple indeed. Let's hear it again. 
I am a disciple indeed. Why is that important? Now, John tells, the book of John, chapter 8, verse 31, tells us this. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciple indeed. So it's the word that makes you a disciple indeed. Until you abide in the word, you cannot, you may be a disciple, but you are not a disciple indeed. Then he tells us this in verse 32 there, very clearly. He says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free until you are a disciple indeed, or you are abiding in the word of God, you will never know the truth and you'll never be free. That's the only way to be free. You can hear all the good stuff, but until you bury yourself in the book, until that book is unsealed to you, you will never be a disciple indeed. So everything is in the word. You got to know the word to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus because God walks through his word. When God wants to heal, he sends his word to heal them. When Jesus came, that was the word in human flesh because the Bible tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God himself and he came to dwell with us the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So now Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, we can't see Jesus, you know, physically, but I can see him through the word. And as you go into the word, the word transforms you and makes you more and more like Jesus. The word has transforming power. So as long as a Christian is not in the word, you can never grow in grace. And you can never grow in power because the Holy Spirit works only through the Word. You know, if you are a child and you are not grown, it's impossible for you to ask this. And you can read this in, in Psalm 2, verse 8. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for inheritance. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for an inheritance. Now, a child doesn't think that way. You cannot think that way. You have to grow up to the place where you can ask from the Lord, and the Lord can give you the, the ends of the earth for an inheritance. He says the ends of the earth for your possession. And that's exactly what God wants for the believer. God is what, wanting us to ask from him. We started talking about what happens, basically what you don't want to be. And if I see this trait in my life, then I know I really have work to do. We said the one who is immature is unstable. That's number one. It's unstable, double-minded in all his ways. And the reason why they are double-minded in all the ways is because there is an inability to trust God. A serious inability to trust God. And you remember the Bible tells us, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you are unable to trust God, you will be unstable. The word will not mean much to you. You'll be looking for other things to stand on apart from the word. Because there is no faith. You don't know what the word says. So Satan can come after you and attack your life because you don't know where to stand. The word is the only stable place to stand. The word of God is the only place that is solid enough for you to stand so that troubles will not overshadow or overtake your life. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the word tells you clearly, God will reward you if you diligently seek him. Not seek him, that's the work of just the disciple. But the disciple indeed seeks him diligently. Because God says, until you diligently seek after him, you will find him. God says, until you search for me with all of your heart. I have to search for God with all of my heart. A double-minded person will not search for God with all of their heart. They remain children. I have to search for God with all of my heart. You're sleeping, you're thinking about it. I'm not where I should be. I can, be, I can do better than this. I need to know my God. You wake up, you're crying out. Even in your sleep, you're crying out to God. Why? I need to know you. I need to see you. I need to see your face. And until you get there, you won't have revelation from God. God doesn't bother with lazy people. You wake up in the night, you're crying out to God. And every minute you spend with Him, it's noticed in heaven. That's my son's voice. That's my daughter's voice. They're crying out again. They're crying out for knowledge. That's what the Bible says. When you cry out for knowledge... When you cry out from within for knowledge, God will begin to reveal himself. You see, God will not deny himself. Every time you cry out to him, he hears you from heaven and there's growth coming. And the growth is not only for you. It will benefit you and benefit everyone around you. They can see the serenity of God's presence in your life and that you are grown, you become like a tree. And they can rest in your strength. When things are down for them, they can see the strength. You know, those who are not mature, that's not you, okay? <laughs> they are good with complaining. You know why? Because if it doesn't, if whatever is happening doesn't feel good to the flesh, that's not good for them. The immature Christian lives according to the flesh. That's what Romans chapter 8 tells us. We are not supposed to live according to the flesh. And the Bible says if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Your spiritual life will die. But if you live according to the Spirit, how do you do that? Through the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit only confirms what God says. It has nothing to do with your emotions. Yeah, your emotions can drive you to seek after God. But when you seek God, it has to be through His Word. God comes only through His Word. 
That's what the that's the material that the Holy Spirit uses to build. You can't build if you don't have materials with which to build. And God only the Holy Spirit only builds through the word. You know what it says in the beginning. And God said, right? And the Holy Spirit made it happen. The Holy Spirit was already there, moving on the surface of the deep. Everything was without form, void. But the Holy Spirit was moving in this void until God said. And until you have what God says, you remain in the void. So we need the Word of God. So the one who doesn't have the Word of God and doesn't know the Word, they are very uncertain about everything. And what the thing that comes out, the, out, the outcome of that is complaining. Always everything they complain about. Why, and you hear it all the time. And you, you feel like saying, why don't you be quiet? Because all you hear is, why did God not do this? And then they will claim that they really had faith. And I'm wondering, really? Because God cannot overlook faith. Because faith is, is birthed through the Word. And God cannot overlook His Word. His eyes go through, to and fro, watching after the Word, to perform the Word. And if God has given you true faith, that is born out of the Word, how can He avoid it? How can God deny Himself? But you are claiming God has denied Himself because I really have faith, and the reason you don't have that, and the reason you are complaining, is because there is no genuine faith, and you don't know the difference. You really don't know the difference. The children of Israel, you see, that's why it's not, it has to be something that God's doing inside of you. You know the children of Israel, when God brought them out of Egypt, they actually saw miracles. And you can see miracles, but until you go into the world, you won't understand what's really going on, and your life may never be transformed. Only through the Word of God. They saw miracles. They saw the Red Sea split. And they worked. I mean, they saw the, the, the armies of Pharaoh, including, they all drowned. They saw that. But it didn't stop them from complaining when things got in their flesh. When things got a little difficult, they started complaining. But those who are spiritually minded, that have observed, I mean, that have meditated on the word, they know that no matter what's going on, we can see the pillar of cloud. Amen? I can see the pillar of cloud. I can see the pillar of fire. They had that right before them. And they were still complaining. Immaturity. Immaturity. It's an amazing thing. I mean, God himself, the, 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 the immature gets so frustrated and complain so much they make God mad and God says I'm going to kill them I'm going to kill every one of them we have to understand this let me read in Numbers chapter 11 verse 4 through 6 it says now the mixed multitude 
who were among them yielded to intense craving. In the church, there's always going to be a mixed multitude with all kinds of craving. This is the church of the Old Testament, okay? And they, are, they have been delivered from Egypt and they are going into the promised land. They are seeing what God was doing, the words that God was speaking. They saw the thing. There's nothing to them. He says, So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. Did they really eat fish freely in Egypt? Did they forget? Notice what they didn't see. We remember the Red Sea being split. They've forgotten about that. Children don't process things really well, right? They've forgotten all of that. Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers and melons and licks and onions and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all, except this manna before our eyes. Guess what manna represents? The word of God. They don't want that. What they want, everything fleshly. Garlic. Melon. They don't want the word. And it's funny, if you read further down, the whole camp, everyone was crying. They sat at the front of their tent, crying, every, everyone in the camp. They were crying bitterly. You don't want to allow the mixed multitudes to get to you. Hello? You don't want mixed multitudes in the church to get to you. You got to avoid them. Because they can influence you. No matter who you are. They influence the whole camp. Except for those, especially people like Caleb. But he doesn't tell us this here. Because they are few among multitudes. You see, God will only walk through few. And among all of those crowds, just two of them. Moses never made it. This is how important this is. What we are saying, God says, grow up. As for me as a Christian, I can never remain a baby. You are not permitted to remain a child. That's why the Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the world so you grow. And it shows in your attitude if you, are hung, if you have hunger for righteousness, hunger and thirst. For righteousness. You want to be around the word. That's why I said the other Sunday, it doesn't matter the topic. 
Say it on that word. Jesus said, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. When I speak to you, you get cleansed. The word has a way to keep your mind in perfect peace. Just the word of God. Stay in the word. And you will begin to grow. A child cannot make itself grow. But the food that they eat will make them grow. How? They don't know. Even so, as you imbibe the word of God, you are growing, but you don't know you're growing. Until you step on the scale. Amen? <laughs> and you measure yourself say, wow. And people begin to say, wow, you're taller now. What's going? I've been eating good, okay? <laughs> but it only comes through the word. What you see in the natural... Is what's happening in the spiritual. In fact, this, the natural is a reflection of what's really happening. The real thing is in the spiritual. And the shadow is what we have in the flesh. And if we understand it, then we begin to look to God. I want to grow. I want to know God. I want to serve Him. I want to be one of His giants. I want to do my best here. I don't want to depart until I've done what God created me to do. I have to do this. But I cannot do it as a child. Serious responsibilities are not given to children. So he behooves all, all of us to go into that book. People travel to and fro. Sit just to hear something that will transform your life. Now let me tell you this. When God delivers a gift to you through his word, he stays with you through life. He stays with you because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But God has to see that hunger in you to grow. So it's Sunday school, I'm right there. It's time to pray, I'm right there. Nobody seeks God in vain. It's really up to you. And if you don't even have that desire, cry out to Him. For the desire, God, what's wrong with me? Why don't I feel? Why don't I want to get to the, your word? When you cry out to him, God will answer. He'll put you even in a situation, maybe even in a, if you go to an office and something comes on there and God begins to speak to you. And then the hung, hunger gets greater. Because blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, God will fill them. See, God, God's word can never lie. If you stay with God, He will deliver. God will deliver. Whatever you're needing from Him. So, we have to be who God called us to be. Now, let me share this with you. Um, if you read, in, in, I think it was Second Kings, remember his chapter 10. But the uh, King Ahab, you know, wanted to get Elijah. Remember that? They went to Elijah and they sent a, a captain with 50 soldiers. I wonder what you would do if the president is sending 50 marines to get you. With your captain. And they went up and they said to uh, Elijah... And he said, uh, man of God, come down, the king wants you. And you know what he replied? 
If I am the man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume every one of you. Please don't do that, okay? (laughs) But he had no fear. He had no fear. He knew he was the man of God. If I am what you say I am, let fire come down from heaven and burn you all up. Are you a man of God or are you a woman of God? What would you do? Are you strong enough in your faith to stand up against such serious opposition? Say with me. Uh, If you're a woman, say woman. I'm a man. I'm not going to say woman. I am a man of God. Now for the women, say I'm a woman. I am a man of God. Now let me say this. Jesus didn't say go kill the devil. You can't kill the devil. Okay? All you can do is to cast him out. You can't kill him. Even if you are really righteous, your righteousness will not kill him. That's why Jesus didn't say, go kill the devil. And Jesus never killed the devil. All you can do is to cast out the devil. Amen? You can cast him out. But you can't kill him. But notice what happened. If you at the king and you send a, a, a 50 of your soldiers and they've all been touched burnt to death will you repeat it? would you send another 50? but that's exactly what he did he sent another 50 to get him and the first 50, the first 50 were all killed the second ones not, they, didn't, they didn't learn their lesson they did exactly the same thing. And they said, man of God, the king, come down right now. The king wants you. We're taking you. And he says, well, if I'm the man of God, let fire come down from heaven and burn all of you up. And they all got burnt. You see, let me tell you, Satan doesn't know what happened to him at first. He's coming back. He's coming to come for a fight again. And even with Jesus, he tells us, he after the temptation in the wilderness... The Bible tells us an angel came and ministered to him, but the devil left him for what? For just a season. Hey, we are in a fight. And babies don't fight. Hello? You won't fight very well if you remain a baby. You see, babies don't take responsibilities. If there is a serious war coming to the United States, and and, and this is really bad for us, the adults may be really worried and and have long faces, guess what? You hear the children running around and laughing and playing like nothing's happening. They got no understanding. And God doesn't want that. That's why the Bible says seek wisdom. Right? Seek wisdom. Get understanding. And the only place to do that, all I'm trying to say is everything is in the book. He's sealed in the book. Pay attention to no one. We are not fighting a group fight. This is not a group race. 
Everyone is running on his own. I've got to go by myself and trust in God for me. And when I need your help, I can use a little of your help. But God's wanting everyone to grow up. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Satan will never quit. Satan doesn't know whether you are a child or grown. He doesn't care. He's a murderer. He wants to kill you. And if you are a child, that's an easy prey. You can see that in National Geographic. The animals are looking, I mean the lions are looking for what? The little ones that cannot defend themselves. They separate the, the little ones to destroy them. And that's what we are seeing in the church. The ones that have not imbibed the word of God, they are being separated by the enemy and eventually destroys them. He destroys them. We do our best to make sure that these people understand the ways of God. It's called the way of the Lord. I need to go through this quickly. So, com- to get that complaining out. I like, to, I like this story about uh, Elijah. So, I'm going to go back there again. But you notice, when God, is, when God has walked through you for a while, the enemy, the devil, the demons know when they see you, uh, to know how to deal with you. When the third guy came that was sent, again, the second group was burnt, and so the, the, the king sent another guy. You go. As far as the guy was concerned, I'm dead. This is all it. So when he got there, guess what he did? He knelt down. He says, please, <laughs> don't kill us. That's what God is wanting for us. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. When God begins to do unusual things in your life, they'll notice. And your life will be an influence to them. The Bible is clear. As long as the heir is a, a child, he doesn't defer much from a servant in the house. Has all the authority, but you're still a child. No respect. You can't even give orders. They're not going to listen. Reminds me of the seven sons of Sheba. You remember that? You remember that? Come out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, and they said, well, we know Paul, and we know Jesus, but who are you? Who are you? The enemy is always testing to see how strong you are. They will never say that to Paul. When they see Paul come out, that, this, is, this is trouble for them. Here comes trouble. I want the enemy to always recognize when you show up, that I'm in trouble now. Please don't say a word in this place so I don't lose my converts. Satan is saying that. Who? This person can keep their mouth shut about Jesus and the Holy Spirit is with them. They know the word. Now they are in this place and I got all these people here. Uh, please don't say a word. You know what he does? He loads us with all of our problems. Hello? 
And we sit there thinking of our problems and say no words of deliverance for those. And as soon as you leave, he says, we got rid of him today. He didn't say words. That was good for us. Because your word could have brought deliverance to them. We need to follow God. Second thing that, that I've noticed, which we, we, we never want, understand that God has order in His church. I've met few people that I can really recognize. They understand the order of a church. A child would not. Don't recognize authority in the church. You have to recognize that. Um, David was not the oldest among the 600 men. But the men recognized this is who God is made the leader. He was not the most powerful. But they recognized who it is. As Christians, more and more, we should recognize authority figures that God has placed in the church. You see, when you complain, guess who you're going to complain against? Like in the wilderness, he's usually the leader. People don't understand. It's hard to say that. But I've had people talk to me. How do Christians handle this? I think that's totally lost in the church. People don't understand it anymore. And there's so much, there's a serious price to pay if you don't understand that. Because God is very serious about that business. And it's only being a child if you don't recognize it. That's what it is. The children of Israel in the wilderness had no clue. They were always after Moses. In fact, if you read the scripture, the same scripture where, uh, that I gave to you in, in Numbers, Moses was telling God, I didn't conceive these people. He says, why did you give me this responsibility? I didn't give birth to these people. And then you put all this responsibility on me. I can't handle this. That's when God said, look, pick other 70 people. We need to recognize that as we grow uh, as Christians. Because to me personally, I, uh, fully I understood. Um, when I was at the worship center, I, you know, I came from a background where I knew a lot about demons. I could pray with people. To, before I got to the church, I have prayed with people, probably up to 70, 100 people, and they all received the baptism in the Holy Spirit at once. I knew how to do that. But I was under my pastor. My pastor was younger than I was. But I don't think he ever knew I could do that until he was with me in Nigeria, and I had to do that. He was my pastor. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't undercut him in any way. That's just the way it is. I remember in those days, uh, it's a lot bigger church with a lot of people. I used to go up and pray with people. <laughs> it, was, it was something else. But once God had opened the door for me as a minister, I had to, then I was able to express myself. My pastor was with me in Nigeria, and the Nigerian people, they knew after pastor had preached to the people, maybe a hundred more people, they got saved, 
And the pastors came to me and they said, Are you not going to pray with them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, My pastor is here. He's here. If he's not going to do that, I'm not doing it. Yes, I just kept my mouth shut. I, w- I won't try it. The pastors kept, they kept persuading me. They come to me. Brother, good luck. Are you not going to do this? These people are saved. And I was really tense because I didn't know how I could tell my pastor. And I won't say a word. We were about walking out and they realized I wasn't going to ever do this because I was resisting it. I wasn't ever going to do anything if my pastor talked to my pastor. And my pastor, in his mind, he has a hundred, more than 100 people, maybe 200. There is no way we can spend the whole afternoon praying for them one after the other. And so uh, they, they, those guys wised up and they said to me, loud, good luck. So pastor could hear, are you not going to pray for all these people to receive? The, so they knew there was no way for me to hide. And you could tell pastors like, wow, we're going to pray for all these people. So I immediately knew I got my permission. You understand? I just, I took it over from there. Because now the people were asking, that's what we should do. And that's what the first time I believe my pastor, whom I respect, the honor very much to this very day, that was the first time he saw me do that. I never did that in his church. Bobby is here. You never see me do that there. Never. That's not the way it works. The centurion said this, I am a man under authority. Remember that? I am a man under authority. I say to this girl, so I recognize authority. When you are under authority, then you understand authority, you are grown, you are mature, then you can exercise authority and God will recognize it and honor it. See, you have to do that. A lot of Christians these days don't understand that. And, and they just, you, there's nothing you can say until God opens. I think Pastor Roy talked to me a little bit about that. And so, but tonight I feel like maybe on a Sunday I can get this. But tonight I just feel like sharing. That's so important. David, even though he was more anointed than Saul, he recognized as long as Saul was alive, that's the God, my covering. He won't say not a word. Joab cannot box authority. Guess what? He paid with his life. We need to recognize that. I don't know how, but I quickly, from my early days as a Christian, as I read the scriptures, I quickly picked that up. This is how to go. This is the way to go. So only children will go this way and not understand what it is. Again, there are things that children do that every one of us must avoid. Don't engage in things that causes disunity in the camp. It's very important. God doesn't like it. God doesn't like it. Um, another thing that, of course, I want to finish this message tonight. Another thing is this, the, uh, loyalty. Loyalty is the number one asset 
of a mature believer, of a Christian. Loyalty. We don't have that anymore. People are not loyal to anything anymore. Unpredictable. It's frightening. All over the country. Because the Christians are abandoning. They can't speak. They won't stand. They don't have backbones anymore. No loyalty. Loyalty is so important. And it's not all over the country. Ministers are big churches, small churches, all over. No one is loyal anymore. Very little things irritate them. But they won't tell you exactly what's irritating them. They find something else. If you're looking for something, you're going to find it. This is just the result of being a child. The mature person has the bigger picture. Amen? You look from the bigger picture. Yeah, it's not about me. It's about the Lord Jesus. It's about the Lord Jesus. So these little things I can put aside. Yeah, I can see them. I can put it. And if you don't, I pray about it. And it's good when you pray about it and God answers your prayer and you rejoice because God has answered your prayer. But be loyal. There's something there about loyalty. You know, those 12 disciples followed Jesus for three years. There was a time that they didn't understand what he was saying. John chapter 6. They didn't understand him. When Jesus said, drink for a Jewish man, drink my, my, my blood and eat my flesh, they said, this is a hard saying. And Jesus turned to them, will you also go away? They said, to whom shall we go? We're not going anywhere. We don't understand what you're saying, but we know God sent you. We're going to stay with you. You know, Cliff Barrows, Beverly Shays. Uno, have you ever heard that man's name? Beverly Shays? Now, am I saying the word right? Well, he used to sing for Billy Graham. Bill understands that. <laughs> Bill Johnson. For over 50 years, before Billy Graham preaches, he comes out and he'll sing. From generation to generation. He was there. Billy Graham was loyal to him. They have better singers all over the country. With hits all over. But Billy Graham will bring them on to sing. But after they sing, guess who sings before he preaches? That man will come out and sing. And then Billy Graham will come out and preach. For over... 50 years in ministry. He went nowhere. Loyalty. Loyalty, how important it is. Very, very important. Cliff Barrows. I'm talking to the older generation. Okay. <laughs> Can't believe I'm... <laughs> Cliff Barrows was the one that will introduce Billy Graham. He was a minister in his own right. But all he did was introduce Billy Graham for 50, over 50 years. And he said, 
people came to him and said, when are you going to start your own ministry? This stuff that you do every time Billy Graham preaches, all you do is introduce him. But we've listened to you. You're good. No. My ministry is tied to what I'm doing. This is my honor from God. Loyalty. It's known all over the world. Known all over the world. Oral Roberts had a secretary. It was with him for over 40 years. Same woman. Don't tell me they didn't have disagreements. <laughs> Oral Roberts can be rough, okay? If he believes in something. But I was told, when Oral Roberts wants to write a letter, he just said to her, I want you to write this letter to this person. And believe me, that's Aura. She's been with him so much. That's Aura Roberts' words. That's the way he'll say it. That's the way loyalty, they've been together. You almost become like the other person. You, the other person can go and you're still doing exactly the same thing because you've been with them. That's the same thing with the disciples. They were with him so much. They reflected him. They reflected him. That's one of the key things for disciples indeed. Not the to and fro kind of thing which we see today. Not that. You learn. You dig in. Amen? There are other things which that's not you tonight because you're here. I can tell when somebody is inconsistent in church attendance, I can tell you're still a baby. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. If you are a true Christian, remember what Jesus said? I don't want you lukewarm. I'll spit you from my mouth. You're not, I want you hot or cold. If you're still attending church or off and on, it's a clear sign. Something is not right. If you still you don't study your Bible, there is inconsistency in doing that. You're not spending a lot of time in the Word. That's a clear sign. Something is not right. It's either you are a baby or you're a sick person. Because sick people don't want to eat, right? <laughs> sick people don't want to eat. These are some of the signs. Lack of a prayer life. That's another sign. You can go for weeks without praying and it doesn't bother you. Something is not right. Something is definitely not right. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Hello? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't just be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Make sure you have the Holy Spirit. I mean you speak in tongues. You know, I don't care what anybody tells you. This is just the truth. There are people who have been in the church for years. They have been around Pentecostals. They've heard the word. The word Pentecostal doesn't mean anything. It's the Bible. The Bible is very clear. 
The Bible says, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So, a true believer, a believer indeed, will pray in the Spirit. Because that's the only way God can communicate with you. He's Spirit to Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 was very clear. In first, beginning from verse 9. It has not entered into the heart of man. Eyes haven't seen. No ear has heard. Nor has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love Him. But He has revealed it to us by His Spirit. And the, the only way God can download what He's thinking, His thoughts, it's only when you spend time praying in the Spirit. Now, John, in Revelation chapter 1, it was Sunday. When I, used, when I read that scripture, it says, I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day. You read that scripture? I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day, and I heard a voice. And I used to think he was, ooh, in the Spirit. That's what I used to think. No, he knew he was in the, it was the Lord's day. And so he stood, I'm sure he was praying in the spirit, right? He was just a man. And then he heard a voice. He was praying in the spirit. So when you are not praying at all, or you're not praying in the spirit, you'll get weak. <laughs> Read Jude, chapter 1, verse 20. But you, beloved, what does he say? Building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build yourself up? How do you grow and build yourself up and be strong? Through prayer, not just prayer, but prayer in the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, says, If I pray in the Spirit, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. That means if you understand what you are saying, you are not praying in the Spirit. Hello? Got to be rebuilt tonight. Because I want you to grow. Read it. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. If I pray in the Spirit, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What do I do then? Paul says, I will pray with the Spirit... And I will pray with the understanding also. So when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying in tongues. Is that for some Christians? No, all Christians. You should be able to pray in the Spirit. And you should be able to pray in the, in the, uh, with your understanding. Some in English, some in my native tongue. In uh, the way Americans say it, Nigerian. There's no language like Nigerian, okay? Please don't say that. <laughs> but if you understand what you are saying, you are not praying in the Spirit. So you pray in the Spirit, you pray with your understanding. He says, I sing with the Spirit, I will also sing with my understanding. So, it's time for us to grow up. Whoa, my time. Stand up, it's over. <laughs> I can tell by looking at my wife, she's already... <laughs> she says, you are going to get in trouble with the people. She's warning me. <laughs> I'll stop here. But this is where I wanted to finish this message. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to receive the Spirit, it's 
so easy to receive. And I'll just share the scriptures with you and you'll receive. But let me let you know this. If you reject the gift of God, that's you. Jesus is our gift. But then Jesus left and left us the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can't reject the Holy Spirit. You speaking in tongues is easy. If you want to receive, talk to me. I've had too many people receive from my office. I don't do it generally like I do when I'm outside the country. But I probably would like to do it. And I'm believing God to give me opportunity where we have a lot of people so we can all do this here. Lift your hands up to God tonight as we thank God. You heard the word tonight. I know you're here tonight because you have a hunger for God. And God will bless you for that. For sure. Because there is hunger. There's no way you be here tonight if you are not hungry for God. There are people who are out there watching the debates. <laughs> and they get sad when it's all over. But you see, you are in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! <laughs> yes! We are in the presence of God. It's His presence. There's fullness of joy. Don't get depressed watching the debates. <laughs> so God, we thank you. Thank you for your people tonight. Lord, you will grow your people. Every one of them loved so much by you. And God, you said, we, we are not hearers alone. Tonight we declare, but we are doers of your word. We thank you for the grace to do. We thank you for that. Thank you for your presence in our life. We give you praise tonight. We know we'll sleep well tonight because your word says you give your, your beloved sleep. Thank you, Lord. We won't, we won't toss to and fro in our bed because our God is with us. And great shall be your peace. That's what your word says. You have a covenant of peace with us. And we thank you for that covenant of peace tonight. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving me the time. <laughs> <laughs>